Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Yeah, so RFK Jr., uh, wow, did he get did he get grilled up on Capitol Hill yesterday by his fellow Democrats who, I mean, they, they just apparently are unable, incapable, or just refuse to, to argue over the actual premise or the, uh, the reason for the hearings. In, in a second straight day yesterday, the, the weaponization of government you know, hearing about how government agents used social media companies to censor Americans. And Democrats did not want to discuss any of the evidence while claiming there isn't any. They just keep saying, just like the day before with the IRS whistleblowers, they keep saying it, hoping it to be true. That's just wish casting. There is evidence. You may not like the evidence. You may want to rebut the evidence, although you didn't. But you, but they just focused on, what, two days ago for the Oversight Committee, it was, you know, Donald Trump and you're a racist and Donald Trump and Donald Trump and you're a racist and Donald Trump. That's all it was. And yesterday, it was, you're an anti-Semite, and Donald Trump, and Russia, 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 and anti-Semitism, and anti-Semitism, because it was RFK Jr., who made some comments, and I've got them, he made some comments at some event, and people are saying that, oh, he's accusing it of being bioengineered to target white people and black people, but to spare Chinese people and Jewish people. This is one of those things, it, it so frustrates me, when people take dishonest approaches and they, they, they strip away any context or nuance to an argument. I don't have to agree with RFK on this, right? What, what, I, what I can uh, cite here is the decontextualization of his comments. And if you take them in context, argue over those comments. But Democrats don't do that. They just turn around and call him an anti-Semite. And Wasserman Schultz, I mean, she's she's just disgusting. Oh, my gosh. She's the worst. Um, but I want to start with, like, the second worst. Uh, and that would be uh, Gerald Connolly, Democrat from Virginia. Now, keep in mind, the Kennedy name is not just only associated with John F. Kennedy Jr. and Robert F. Kennedy Sr. and Joe Kennedy, although I don't know about the buying of the votes and such, but and bootlegging and all of that. But you know, there was another Kennedy that had a bit of a, 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 I don't know, a less than stellar reputation. So I'm not sure that the Kennedy name is, you know, has this shine that Democrats were uh, were conveying yesterday. So here's Connolly, and this is essentially most of the arguments that were made against RFK when it wasn't about the anti-Semitism. This is most of it. I've been in this Congress 15 years. Too long. 
Absolutely. And I never thought we'd descend to this level of Orwellian dystopia. Well, this is the point. Suddenly, the tools of the trade are not to get at the truth, mm-hmm. but no. to distract, distort, deflect, and dissemble. Which, ironically, is exactly what the Republicans say the government agents were doing via the social media companies, right? Yeah. To disagree is censorship. No. To try to correct the facts is to infringe on my right of free speech. No. Of course, it only works one way. The name of Dr. Fauci has been invoked. The science. I'd love to have him here. Oh. As a witness to describe his travail in being censored. Wait a minute. This is news to me. Were you aware that, that the science, Fauci, was censored? I was not aware he got censored. But I would like Republicans to take Gerald Connolly up on his offer. Yeah, let's get, let's get Fauci in. Let's get him in front of this uh, hearing, uh, this body, and have them ask Fauci whether he engaged in any kind of the censoring. Why not? But, of course, with that right-wing censorship comes intimidation, hmm? and threat, and intimations of violence. And a wink-blink that, by the way, violence, you know, can be justified. Like in burning down cities? Like that kind of justification for violence, Jerry? The violence, for example, here on January 6th. Oh, that's the only violence. been explicitly excused by some of my colleagues on the other side of the aisle as a bunch of tourists who got a little out of hand. A little overexcited. All right, so hang on a second. How how does this have to do with the weaponization of government? What am I missing? Is this this germane? Five are dead, including my constituent, Capitol Hill police officer, who died the next day. Yeah. uh, The trauma and shock of that experience. And ironically, talk about free speech and duty... He voted for Donald Trump, but his duty was to be here that day. Often a scolding. And somehow, my freedom to harm with the words I use... What? ...is considered further evidence of censorship. My freedom to harm with words. My freedom to harm with words. Hmm. No, there's explicit law about inciting violence. That still, but that still doesn't, that doesn't address the weaponization of these social media platforms because they were censoring all sorts of other stuff besides any uh, uh, discussion or promotion of January 6th riots or, or, or the rigged election, stopping the steal and all of that. But we know words have power. And that's why we take care with the words we use. We have mass killings in America. We buried people recently at Pittsburgh because of their identity. Mm -hmm. Hate speech has consequences. Distortion of the truth has consequences. It's not censorship to try to correct that record. No, it's, it is censorship when you prevent people from speaking. That's what censorship is. 
And so what he's outlining is a case that government knows what is and is not, quote, the truth, and they will use whatever levers of power they can in order to prevent people from speaking those non-truths, right? That's censorship. Oh, and if it turns out later on that the government was wrong about what, quote, the truth is, oh, well. Sorry about that. Can we... Can we go down the memory hole and pull the stuff back out at that point? Vaccination denial would have cost millions of more lives in America. He doesn't know that. 1.1 million fellow Americans are dead today because of the pandemic. Oh, actually, uh, yeah, New York Times just came out with a story yesterday. Those numbers are overinflated by like 30-something percent. So is that the truth or is that or is that one of the truths that got suppressed and censored for the last three years? But now people are finally able to say the truth after after everybody's lives were upended. Right. And millions are saved because of a vaccine that was developed in record time. And we ought to be celebrating that, not caviling about it. Caviling? Did he say cat? I don't even know what that means. Protective measures were taken. Ah. To take down disinformation. Ah. About vaccines and about the nature of the virus and about protective measures we could take, including masks, including social distancing. It was not big brother government trying to exercise its will. Yes, it was. Of course it was. On, a, on an innocent population, it was... Public health measures to protect lives. Look, this is the only argument in which, like, the libertarian position is, I think, weaker in that in times of a public health crisis, sometimes you do have to abridge people's rights, right? If you have, like, Ebola sweeping through a town and they have to quarantine the town, right? Like, that's – I can understand that argument. And all the circumstances would have to obviously be – examined for whatever particular hypothetical but for the last three years he calls them protective measures but it was based on what some people were saying and other people were saying something different but you you suppress that speech as well this is what he's offering here is a defense of without saying it this is a defense of government censorship that's what he's saying i mean they use the conduit of the social media companies but make no mistake this is the argument Again, something should be celebrated. Celebrate the censorship. Celebrate. But no. No. There's an opportunity to have a conspiracy theory here. It's not There's an opportunity to make political points. And no matter what you may think, Mr. Kennedy, and I revere your name, <laughs> you're not here to propound your case for censorship. You are here for cynical reasons to be used politically by that side of the aisle to embarrass the current president of the United States, and you're an enabler in that effort today. And it brings shame on a story name that I revere. Yeah, it was, was it the 54th anniversary yesterday or day before of the uh, Chappaquiddick? Right? Ted Kennedy leaving Mary Jo Kopechny to die? Okay, just thought I would mention that. 
All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. All right, so yesterday, the uh, weaponization of government hearing, and I played um, I played the opening statement from the then New York Post reporter, she's now working at Breitbart News, um, about how they censored the government through the social media companies, censored and blocked uh, the story about Hunter Biden's laptop that popped just a couple of days or like a week or so before the election, the 2020 election. And what we now know, obviously, is that all of the stuff that was reported in, in that New York Post story were true. Right? All of the all the details in that story were true. And other media outlets have now finally come around to acknowledging that, yes, the laptop existed, the stuff on it existed, and no, the intelligence officials that put out their statement saying it's probably a Russian disinformation campaign, they were not correct. And we know how that was done, right? It was whipped up by Antony Blinken. They went around the normal protocols to get all of the signatures. They didn't do their vetting of it. And there's been no repercussions for any of the people that were involved in that. Nobody has suffered for that. Nobody's been punished for that. That's why I say the, the, the real election interference was the stuff that we knew was happening right in front of us. It, like the, the Russia collusion hoax, right? All of the, the planted stories about Trump, the leaks and such. And then you, you know, every story that started off with, you know, one outrageous accusation and then turned out to be the exact opposite, right? All of that was part of the, 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 the uh, election laws that got changed up in process while we were voting. And, of course, the Hunter Biden laptop. These were big old thumbs on the scale. The rigging, if you will. Next up here, we've got um, Stacy. Yeah, Stacy Plaskett. Let me see if I make sure I get the right clip pulled up. Sorry, I... I apparently did not the I didn't get the sound bites migrated over. I did all the editing and then I so I'm just running off a of C-span here right now. Um, so this is yeah, this is Stacy Plaskett. She is the ranking member, the Democrat, uh, on the committee. <clears throat> Mr. Kennedy's and others here are claiming that they've been censored, but they actually have a huge megaphone. The rules that my colleague tried to bring up were rules that the Republicans made at the beginning of this Congress. They did not allow the Democrats to be part of that. And one of those rules was that if information or testimony might potentially defame an individual, that we would go in executive session. No one was trying to stop him from testifying, but not to give him the megaphone that this group has allowed him to have. Okay, but that's not what the rule, you, you just said what the rule was. You, you can't bring somebody in to defame people, but RFK has not defamed anybody. In fact, RFK is the one being defamed by you, right? 
So why would you cite that rule? No wonder the Republicans said no. They, the Democrats tried to move this into executive session so he wouldn't be heard. They do not want to give him a platform. But see, you don't control the committee any longer, Democrats. You don't control the committee. So sorry, not sorry. And so to say that, oh, the rule should be applied here because it defames, uh, that somebody's being defamed, that rule is non-applicable. But that's what they tried. And then claimed that they weren't trying to censor him. They were just trying to deplatform him. (laughs) (laughs) No, see, it's a totally different thing, you see. Oh, and before I forget, have you got your ticket to the Heritage Life Skills event yet? I'll be there. The annual event is put on by Carolina Readiness Supply, and you can learn all sorts of ways to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables. I'll be there Saturday evening. Check out the schedule at carolinareadiness.com. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness can help you. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? All right, next up, we got Mike Johnson, Republican from Louisiana. He brings the focus of this weaponization hearing back to the purpose of the hearing. It's really ironic this hearing is covering the left censorship of opposing viewpoints, and you've all seen it on display all day long. They've been doing exactly that. They've been trying to bully and defame our witnesses and, and, and try to cover up their opinions. They, they actually began the hearing with a motion to prevent them from testifying. You can't make this stuff up. It's on broad display for everybody. They did the same thing yesterday in the hearing with the IRS whistleblowers. You know why? Because the Democrats are panicked right now. They're panicked because it's impossible to cover up the inescapable conclusions of the last few weeks. Let me give you two of them. First, one, the hard evidence, Mr. Goldman and everybody else, now proves that the Biden family is hopelessly corrupt and has apparently engaged in a long pattern of extortion, bribery, influence peddling, and tax fraud, and staggering abuses of power. And number two, We're highlighting here today that we now know that a growing list of the most important executive branch agencies of the Biden administration are in on it. They've also been corrupted. They've been weaponized to help cover all this up, the first family's crimes. When we summarize all this stuff, it sounds like a premise of a dystopian novel or something, but it's actually happening right now on our watch. This is not conspiracy theories. This is evidence. Our hearing today is to put a spotlight on one more of these incredible avenues of unprecedented corruption and government cover-up. And here again, a federal court has just affirmed all that hard evidence. It proves that the White House, the Department of Justice, and the FBI, among other agencies, threatened and coerced the social media platforms to censor and suppress disfavored viewpoints and conservatives' social media posts online. I'm grateful we have with us today two individuals, Mr. Kennedy and Ms. Harris, who were directly impacted by that censorship, and the third, Mr. Sauer, who we're about to speak with, serving as lead counsel in the landmark lawsuit against the federal government on this issue. Let's talk facts. The American people are not aware of the magnitude of this case, Mr. Sauer, and its profound implications, because most of the mainstream media is in on it, too, and they're trying to bury the story. In brief, in May of last year, the attorneys general of my state, Louisiana, and the state of Missouri filed suit in U.S. District Court of the Western District of Louisiana this blatant censorship. They went after the blatant censorship by the Biden White House and nine of its federal agencies. Two weeks ago on Independence Day, the district court issued a truly extraordinary 155-page 
court opinion, a ruling granting the plaintiff's request for preliminary injunction. Mr. Sauer, your lead counsel in that litigation, you referenced some in your opening statement, but let's do it again here because they don't seem to be paying attention. Can you give a summary again of some of the key components of that opinion and the basis for it? I know you mentioned there were 82 pages of detailed factual findings, right? That is correct, 82 pages, 577 citations of the record evidence. That evidence is drawn from about 20,000 pages of the government's own communications with social media platforms and six full-length depositions of senior federal officials with first-hand knowledge of federal censorship practices. It's absolutely staggering. And now they've tried to bury this and say, well, the Fifth Circuit entered a temporary administrative stay. They granted a, an expedited briefing and oral argument, however, for August 10th. What, what's the impact of that? That's, isn't that routine practice in the Fifth Circuit? That's a direct quote from the recent Fifth Circuit decision, N. Ray Abbott, which is cited in my written testimony. It's legally incorrect, clearly legally incorrect to describe them as vacating the injunction, which has happened multiple times. They that either don't know right. the law or, I don't know, they're trying to obscure the facts. That's a theme around here. The White House Boom. and the fellow Democrats disputed almost none of the factual findings in the court. Isn't that right? So far, we've had two emergency stay motions from the Department of Justice, one in the District Court, one in the uh, Court of Appeals. And what really struck me in reading those is they just don't dispute those 82 pages of factual findings. Almost none of them are directly disputed in what they've filed so far. So at the very beginning, all right. So uh, that's not RFK Jr. No, that's a guy named John Sauer, uh, who is the former Missouri Solicitor General. I'm not sure if there was a requirement that you have to have a kind of raspy voice like this to testify yesterday. Well, if you were a dude, although I'm not trying to assign sex or gender, um, but this is the this is the heart of it. There is a court case, and by the way, they had there was a witness that that was up there, and I guess the Democrats got her up there. I assume she was an attorney. I forget what her title was. I don't I, I did not pull any sound bites, but they all they did was call RFK an anti-Semite. And then they would turn to this friendly witness and they would get her to say stuff like, oh, well, you know, if we let that post up there, hate crimes could occur. The Russians are trying to spread disinformation. It was all these hypothetical coulds and stuff. And oh, remember the. Uh, the IA or the uh, FBI investigation that found the Russians were trying to meddle, and that could happen again if we don't censor. Everything was this excuse making for the censorship, and what what the Solicitor General, or former Solicitor General, what he's talking about is what a court has actually found. And that lawyer, the friendly Democrat witness, she kept saying that it was vacated, that the that the the case was vacated or the ruling was vacated, and that's what Sowers responding to saying. That is just factually, legally false. That has not happened. There has been a stay. It has not been vacated. In fact, the judge in the case says that the uh, plaintiffs are likely to win based on the evidence that they have presented. All the evidence of the government using, and they read through dozens of examples throughout the hearing yesterday. Dozens of examples of how government agents emailed, texted, phone called, met on a conference call, uh, Zoom meetings and stuff with all these social media people. And they read, hey, this is what we want you to do. Why is this still up? Jen Psaki was mentioned several times, pressuring these companies to remove content that is protected speech. And we would not have known about all of this had Elon Musk not bought Twitter and then not allowed Matt Taibbi and Schellenberger right to 
to go through the, the and Barry Weiss to go through the documents, which they then put into the Twitter files. That's right. See, this is why I spent time on the on these reports. Because people are like, oh, the Twitter files, I don't really know if it's much of anything so much. Yeah, okay. So, like, it's, it, it was a big deal because you, it traces it through. This is such a part of journalism that so many people in journalism don't actually do, which is to keep the historical record and, and to keep an accurate historical record so you get to call back to it. That's why it was such a big deal. If Elon Musk does nothing else and Twitter crashes and burns under his ownership, it will have been worth it. Because we got this. Because we found out what was actually occurring behind the scenes between government officials and social media platforms that were censoring millions of Americans. Of course, I could say that because it's not my money. I didn't spend $4 billion on it. Or $40 billion? Four? Forty. I don't even know. See, like when you get to be that level of billionaire, it's just $4 billion, $40 billion, what is? I think it was 4 so the, uh, the weaponization of government hearing yesterday featured RFK Jr. as one of the uh, participants. And look, I'm sure he was there because he's going to make things a little bit awkward and uncomfortable for Democrats because he's, he's running for president against Joe Biden. They don't want him there. They also had the reporter on the original Hunter Biden laptop story. Those were two people that were directly affected by government efforts to censor them on social media. And then they also had the uh, former uh, solicitor general from Missouri to talk about the case that they brought alleging the censorship. And they got a ruling in their favor in July, but the uh, July 4th weekend, but um, it's now being appealed by uh, by the government, by the Biden administration. All right. So here is I played a, a clip from her earlier, Stacey Plaskett. She is the ranking Democrat and uh, after uh, making some arguments about how, you know, hate speech and it's all racism and this and that, uh, it's not censorship really per se. We're just trying to protect people and all of this. And, and no, we're just uh, uh, we're trying to prevent somebody from being a witness from being defamed. Uh, that's why we tried to censor RFK Jr. She then goes on the attack against RFK Jr. Uh, they know that that Russian interference that is, the MAGA Republicans know that Trump benefits when Russia interferes. The super PAC that supports, uh, the same super PAC that supports Mr. Kennedy and has raised significant funds on his behalf is run by a man named Jason Bowles. Here's Jason Bowles' Twitter profile, uh, as you can see up on the screen. Is he bowling? Jason Bowles isn't just a MAGA supporter. He also ran the super PAC for MAGA Republicans Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, George Santos, and in 2022, he supported Herschel Walker. So the person behind Mr. Kennedy's super PAC is an individual who personally and professionally wants the Republican Party to succeed. Okay. Yet, Mr. Kennedy is running as a Democrat. Okay. Ms. Wiley, will it benefit Mr. Kennedy as well as the other individuals that are supported by the super PAC if social media companies are less able to detect and if needed, if they determine that it's needed to remove 
Russian covert information designed to suppress votes Wait, in this country. Hang on a second. How is how is some MAGA guy running a super PAC for RFK Jr. Russian disinformation? Oh, so wait, now it's wrong to put people up against other, to, to fund a Democrat running against a Democrat that might be harder for your guy to beat in the general? Because I remember Democrats doing that last time, don't you? And they were successful at it, and they defended doing it. It is possible. Thank you. I yield back. Can I uh, yield the remainder of the time? lady yields back. Um, I now recognize Mr. Stubbe from uh, Florida for his five minutes. Mr. Kennedy, do you want to respond to that? Can you do that quickly? Yeah, I've never heard of Mr. Balls, and I've never heard of that super PAC. This is typical of the accusations against me at this hearing. They are baseless. Every single one I've been subjected to a string, a parade of defamations. If I believe those things about myself, I wouldn't want to hear me either. And want to gag me and lock me in a room somewhere. But none of those are true. And they were all, all of this parade of accusations and defamations were made against me in a way that was calculated to make sure that I could not respond to any of them. Every one of them I'd like to respond to, but I was not allowed to. Right. What he's talking about there is how they, they lodged the defamation against him. And they do so at the end of their time. So all of the members of Congress, they get five minutes to make their speeches, right? I wish that they would turn over more of their time to others who could actually lead a proper and uh, fruitful, like, interrogation. But they all have to get on, got to get some FaceTime, got to be on the cameras and stuff. And so, and I get that, right? But they, the way they would do it is they would ask a question of this other woman, who's like the the Center for Civil Rights or something, like Human Rights or something, they ask her the question, they defame RFK, and they never direct a question at him. So he never gets to speak. Or if they engage with him in a frontal assault, they will, they will ask him a couple questions up front, and then they don't ask him another question, and they just beat the snot out of him for the next three minutes. And that's what Debbie Wasserman Schultz did. And we'll hear it up next. It really is awful. It really is awful. Stick around.